This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw Audio Experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my latest podcast episode, I'll explain which top 10 sports drink brand caught the SEC's attention and what will likely happen next. But before we get started, I would love if you took 45 seconds out of your day to leave a rating review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. What do you get when you mix my accounting background with a dozen years of experience as a respected CPG industry strategist? An insightfully different take on the regulatory challenges happening at BioSteel. If you've been following my content over the last like, four to five years, the quote-unquote fast rise of the Canadian sports nutrition turned sports drink brand BioSteel shouldn't really surprise you. That's because I've devoted entire pieces of long-form content to BioSteel and then also included the brand as like an impactful example in many other long and short-term strategic content. But I first learned about BioSteel early in the brand's existence by chance, and that kind of why has a connection to the background stuff I mentioned about myself in that introductory statement. My good friend Matt that I met at my first college internship at the big four accounting firm Deloitte went on to become a lawyer and got his first job at a hockey-focused sports agency in Denver. When I took the muscle farm job in Denver a dozen years ago, it was natural that we linked back up, shared stories, and tried to find work synergies. But while I don't think we ended up signing any of his hockey clients, I learned about the top supplements preferred by those athletes. The name that kept coming up was a powdered hydration supplement that was sold directly to the teams by a startup sports nutrition brand founded by a former professional hockey players called BioSteel. But that's kind of enough around the trip down memory lane. The reason BioSteel didn't pop up in any of my content until 2019 was, well, stayed relatively quiet for a company that had an estimated 10,000 points of distribution across mostly Canada and then some in the U.S. market. Though all that under-the-radar growth quickly turned loud when the fully integrated medical and recreational cannabis company Canopy Growth Corporation paid $51 million to acquire 72% majority control of BioSteel in October of 2019. And I'll cover more details around why the initial mergers and acquisitions intent became challenged, how BioSteel pivoted hard into beverages, and interactions that might have had with the ongoing SEC investigation next. But first, I probably need to explain the basic details of that regulatory issue. So in mid-May, when Canopy Growth was preparing its consolidated financial statements for the fiscal year ended March 31st of 2023. Its management identified certain trends in the booking of sales by BioSteel. Essentially, BioSteel had been following improper revenue recognition standards that ended up causing material misstatements in its financial reporting. For the fiscal year 2022, net sales were overstated by around $10 million. 
Additionally, for the nine-month period ended on December 31st, 2022, net sales were overstated by around $14 million. And while these revenue misstatements were only between 2 and 4% of the total canopy growth revenue, they were substantially more impactful when applied to the biosteel business unit. Due to this, canopy growth recognized a goodwill impairment loss, representing the entirety of the goodwill assigned to the biosteel business unit. Canopy growth also stated that it cannot predict any adverse outcome that could affect the company from these continuing regulatory matters. Now, these revenue recognition mistakes could very well be an honest mistake, but it was something kind of said, at least how I'm reading the latest Canopy Growth earnings call kind of commentary, that makes me think maybe there's something more to this story. Canopy Growth CEO stated they fired several members of the BioSteel leadership team and are considering all legal remedies available to the company. But let's transport ourselves back to late 2019 and talk about the assumed strategic reason Canopy Growth acquired BioSteel. If you remember, kind of late 2018 throughout 2019. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Was arguably the height of the CBD excitement within the CPG industry. There wasn't much U.S. regulatory clarification yet, but it felt like momentum was building towards that result. So Canopy Growth acquired BioSteel for its expertise in the dietary supplement industry because it believed the U.S. CBD market would be sizable soon. This was by far the biggest transaction that paired existing players from the supplement and cannabis industries. It would advance Canopy Growth's ongoing multifaceted strategy to enter new markets with a platform spanning production, distribution, and marketing of cannabis products in accordance with the regulations across a number of different verticals. And while BioSteel did commercialize CBD sports nutrition products that you could have at one time bought at the vitamin shop, but we know what happened in 2020 that caused a resource constraint at the FDA, and CBD still today continues to be in this kind of regulatory purgatory state. So what do you do if your canopy growth's leadership? You spent $51 million on an asset that doesn't have a clear path towards impactful return on investment. Time to pivot, right? And BioSteel decided to focus on bringing kind of the best kept secret in professional sports to mainstream consumers by offering, or I guess relaunching it in a packaged beverage format. Because in 2016, BioSteel did attempt to launch its RTD hydration beverage in the US market, but it didn't really work out for them. The outlook was different in 2020, though, because BioSteel's parent company, Canopy Growth, was minority owned by the multi billion dollar alcohol beverage portfolio, Constellation Brands. BioSteel leveraged Constellation's beer distribution network to attract quality DSD partners. That helped the sports drink quickly rise into a top 10 categorical ranking based on market share. With positive indicators on its side, BioSteel went on a marketing spending spree. They sponsored big name athletes like Patrick Mahomes and Luka Doncic, became the official sports drink of many NBA brands, college sports tournaments and conferences, and entire sports leagues. While these marketing expenditures were high, 
they were kind of tiny compared to what PepsiCo-owned Gatorade spends annually and what Coca-Cola-owned Body Armor has spent throughout the existence to be able to grab even like a 10% market share. But here's the big difference. BioSteel's revenue is also tiny compared to Gatorade and Body Armor. BioSteel's annual revenues climbed from $28.5 million in fiscal year 2021 to just under $70 million in fiscal year 2023. Its market share in Canada's convenience channel more than tripled to 11.2%, and its U.S. market all-commodity volume basically 10x'd from that initial launch in the calendar year of 2020 that gave Canopy Growth and BioSteel all that confidence to push harder. Yet, margins have turned negative from inventory write-offs and and now costs BioSteel around $1.58 to create each dollar of revenue. So yes, BioSteel is growing by playing the game Gatorade invented and mastered, and then also that body armor emulated. But I think the writing was on the wall that they were breaking a Carter rule and beverage category of CPG. You don't market to empty shelves. Pressure likely started to get more intense inside the BioSteel organization to produce revenue, but it likely blew its valve when Prime got instant traction. Now, Prime is an outlier. CPG brands not owned by a massive conglomerate don't usually get a billion dollar run rate in a year, especially ones with almost no marketing costs. But that unicorn reality doesn't mean it won't still mess with the heads of CPG industry leadership teams or the parent companies that own them. Because you must also understand that canopy growth is facing its own pressure in the global cannabis market. The consolidated operations lost $2.85 billion for fiscal 2023, which has increased nearly threefold year over year. Canopy growth is amid cost reduction actions and business transformation to reduce overall debt position that includes cannabis facility divestures. It's also facing U.S. stock market pressures to maintain compliance with NASDAQ listing requirements. I state all these biosteel underlying forces, market dynamics, and strategic decisions not to say that these accounting mistakes, if not simply an oversight, were somehow explainable because morals and ethics should never be compromised, but it hopefully kind of makes you understand the pressure pot that's likely inside the organization right now. So what's next? Canopy Growth CEO did say that he still has great confidence in the BioSteel brand, but I think major decisions are ahead if they want to survive long enough to eventually leverage their cannabis market advantage against the major beverage companies that will one day be available to them in the U.S. market. So that means major cost-cutting measures that will hit human capital, marketing programs, and skew breadth. That also means that BioSteel will exit international markets outside of the U.S. and Canada. As for the larger American market, BioSteel will kind of need to define and refine its strategy from top to bottom that now includes ownership of a flow beverage facility and contract manufacturing revenue stream. In its home market of Canada, BioSteel must prioritize company resources and continue to fuel growth that has better profitability outlook. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 